0: Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. This is Light, your
1: light-fingered thief here today, and this is Logar the Barbarian. <laughs> Logar, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I've had, a, I've had. A, we've been recording today because what we do is we record our episodes up front and then release them through the week. So it's recording day, and I've been doing good. I've been really happy today. Uh, kids are all doing good. We had some things going on in the week, but. I eh, made it through, but I got my d and as my escape from the, the difficulties of real life. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why
0: I enjoy the gaming so much. You know, I was, you know, before this gaming group, I was in another gaming group where it was a 5e campaign that we played Um, every two weeks, I think it was. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, whenever we canceled, I was like, how am I going to escape from the real world? I mean, I need this game to role play, you know?
1: <laughs> well, we do a lot of bi-weekly campaigns where like every other week we're we're playing and if you cancel one is almost a whole month in between game. That's too much for me. Yeah. Luckily we've staggered them out so that every other week or every week we have something going on in our group. We've got enough people to facilitate that. And we've got enough players playing so that we end up playing hopefully five games every two weeks is the rotation works out to be four to five games, four to five some, games. Some of the people can only make it to every other game. Like, Cole jake makes it to two games every yep. two weeks so at least he gets a game in a week so that's yeah. a positive just uh, three uh, He does three of them doesn't he
0: um he's in dcc hyperborea and uh i think that's it huh so currently our gaming group we have um hyperborea assadging swordsman the searches Sword hyperborea we have riffs we have dungeon crawl classics we have old school essentials and then we have all flesh must be eaten. Uh, we're going to be changing up from dungeon crawl classics to mutant crawl classics here shortly as we tie up a DCC campaign and move to mutant crawl classics because we're trying to branch out a little bit more beyond the traditional fantasy gaming. That you know, as you've surmised, that we have a lot of fantasy games going, so we're going to mix it up and try to do an MCC. You got your riffs going on, so I think, it'll, and then we have the all flesh must be eaten with fellow worker Nick. So I think it'll be a pretty good balance of genres that we have versus just exclusively fantasy
1: well right now we're getting into holiday times and i know that every year when it comes to holiday times we end up seeing some games canceled i would and i i miss game when we cancel it i'm like a lot of times we end up watching tv on some nights it's like you got something going on and you look at a tv and i'm always like looking for like i want to watch dungeons and dragons but there's not a lot of great fantasy on tv or movies there's no. a few well done ones and then you run to the old stuff it's like oh this is pretty this is what it was i'm sure ch- there are was, people yes. who are fans of that i i watched some of it a little too much i i want that like we got so much crazy stuff with superhero comic movies, why can't fantasy be a big genre in entertainment for films and TV?
0: <laughs> like, well, they're talking about doing like a D and D cartoon. They recently did that um, swords and sorcery animation on. What have I been? Was it on Amazon? I forget now.
1: Yeah, but uh, you know it's sparse. It's sparse. It's we sparse. haven't really hitting the big fantasy. No,
0: bone. no, no. I mean, you know, I'm probably gonna try to pick up the Thunderdome Barbarian series on Blu-ray over the holidays and and watch that. You know, it's uh, it it is pretty sparse for some of the uh yeah <laughs> fantasy genres.
1: You know, be cool is if they did like a D and D like series. It doesn't have to be D and D branded, but a series off of a D and D campaign featuring like big things like dungeon crawling in it like make dungeon crawling an interesting thing that happens on screen you're stuck down there for a few days in this in this dingy dungeon trying to survive <laughs> and you can really get some fun stuff throwing in some interesting characters with their stories you could do a lot and model it off of a DD campaign have them living in that world where you go out on an adventure as an adventuring party in dungeon dells and hex crawl and show what that's like in a in a series that would be fun to do
0: <laughs> it would be and there's been a couple of um
1: this is why i mo- need to
0: be in hollywood yes exactly you
1: need,
0: <laughs> need to get on there be a be a writer and stuff i just but need I, to be
1: a rich producer
0: <laughs> so there have been um, a couple of um let's say fantasy themed type of movies i mean not all of them are serious so there is you know your highness uh which was like a um Comic fantasy movie with uh you know Danny McBride and Natalie Portman, which is oh, pretty funny. Oh yeah,
1: I've I've seen that one. That was silly, but I don't know. It doesn't quite tickle <laughs> my fancy the way i want it to go. Not like no, no,
0: no, no. It, it's uh, but you know, in terms of like recent um fantasy type of movies, that was one, and then I think um there's another one that I'm trying to look up right now that Peter Dinklage did. You know, not Game of Thrones, obviously, but a another movie where he played. Um, it was they're playing actually LARPers and the uh LARPing, they actually accidentally summoned a real demon in the game.
1: Oh, the, wow, really they were LARPing. Uh,
0: Peter Dinklage uh, was in it. I'm trying to look it up oh, right now. Oh, I
1: think I do remember seeing this. I do remember this, and
0: uh, it's pretty funny because um, like I said, it's a bunch of LARPers, and then accidentally somebody gets hold of a real spell book and they summon a real demon, and all of a sudden the LARPers are fighting this. Um, demons killing all the player all the real life people in the forest.
1: <laughs> Did you see this one that came out? There was this movie about a dungeon master who's kind of a, a turd and a control freak over his group, and a new young hip or, or a new cool hipster type guy joins the group and gets a lot of popularity within his game group and there's a division have you seen this movie no i haven't um, <laughs> i try to remember what it's called so it's this a must one see <laughs>
0: with, so the one with peter Dinklage is called of knights of badassdom
1: i have seen that i have yeah. seen that it's been a minute when did that come out um
0: it came out like 2013 so it's been
1: been yeah, a while I, I probably saw it right about the time it came out i want to see and i I think i saw it whenever it popped onto a streaming service i watched it so what was the one that you were just talking about who was in it oh man there's nobody i can i can picture the dm he's a big feller um but i can't remember what the name of that movie was oh it was
0: a dd theme movie
1: yeah it was about a gaming group and and what and the dm specifically it was the title had something to do with something dungeon master um but anyways,
0: you know, they got like the Witcher and then you
1: also have, well,
0: Hercules, the recent one, wasn't very good.
1: <laughs> I didn't see that. I did not yeah. see that. And at then all. the recent Conan Barbarian one was so-so with uh, Jason Momoa. Um, you know, I it's not the best Conan movie. And not, I think none of the Conan movies have really done the just the stories that Robert Howard wrote robertie howard right like nobody's nobody's done that (laughs) like look can we see that Will the netflix series base itself off of some of those stories because there's talk about a netflix conan series have you heard that oh have they no i have not I I i hope they do it properly yeah there's talk about a netflix conan series coming out i've heard i don't know where that's at in development or whatever but can we like take a look at some of the howard stories and base it off that
0: well, you know, to be frank, I really see like a Solomon Kane series. I think that'd be more interesting uh, I, if done properly.
1: I don't know. I've never read the Solomon Kane. I attempted to watch the movie. I don't know if I finished it. Sometimes I'm bad with movies. <laughs> Book books are more my thing. I haven't seen the movie, but I have read the Solomon Kane stories, which I find quite quite enjoyable. Yeah, I, I may I probably need to pick those up and check them out. I haven't had a chance to yet. No. With the Conan, I think that I got trailed off. But with the Jason Momoa, I think he's a good Conan. I don't think he's a terrible person to he, play Conan. I think he he's is really a good. Perfect.
0: He's a perfect Conan. They just didn't write the story that 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 good. I think that's the problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see Jason Momoa step back into it. I wouldn't cry if we got Emperor Arnold Conan, or if we got some more Jason Momoa doing some of the stories that Robert Howard did. I'd be happy with either. Now, there was the, the weird TV series, the made-for-TV Conan. Do you remember this that happened no, I don't sometime know. in the 90s? I, I don't remember that one. <laughs> it's, it's maybe – it might not it might not have been as high production values as Hercules at the time. <laughs> well,
0: in that case, it will probably be entertaining.
1: <laughs> and it's going to be, you know,
0: some sort of stop-motion cheesy <laughs> – Claymation graphics.
1: Yeah. When I was a kid, I grew up on some pretty old campy stuff. My parents got me into like B flicks and stuff. my mother watched a lot of weird sci-fi, uh B flicky horror type stuff. And I was really into that type of stuff. So I have watched way too much of it over the years. Um, but I do appreciate something done that's like, you know, a professionally done Hollywood movie. I'd like more of that. <laughs> Well, you know, for me, with the recent
0: influx of more Asian TV series and cinemas on Netflix, for me, I think there's a lot of good Korean fantasy, as well as a lot of the um, Chinese Wuxia style martial arts fantasy films Mm. that, for me, that's probably what I'm going to be more looking into in the future versus the uh, traditional Western King Arthur type of stuff. So for me, with Netflix bringing over so many interesting, like I said, Asian-themed fantasy and genre ones i'm probably gonna be digging more into those than i am with the okay how many versions of king arthur have we seen now it's like i don't need to see king arthur anymore come on guys i can you know i want to see some more more asian themed uh fantasy and action and such in there because it's a different culture take for me i don't need to see another five takes on king arthur and robin hood like, come on guys it's been done over and over too many times
1: Yeah, I and there's, when I try to search for fantasy stuff on, when I go to like Netflix, I'm trying to stream something, they have a relatively decent selection of Asian fantasy, probably more in there than I find of like, you know, stuff that's coming out in the US, I've definitely found some pretty cool little shows there did you see this and this is probably a little teetering on not as high fantasy as some of the ones that i found there there was that one i believe it was called kingdom or something like that yeah, kingdom, zombie out exactly that was oh, the one i was thinking about because so i that was like that. it's
0: fantasy it's historical and you're throwing some zombies in a mix which is a huge oh. mashup wild card. So i was like that's a that's perfect <laughs>
1: yeah that was that's a good one they Oh, I think there's a new. I don't think it was a new season, but they put out a movie, and I haven't watched it yet. Have yeah, you seen I
0: that? I haven't seen the movie yet. It's, I have a long list of stuff I want to watch, so I'm trying to parse my way into it. But again, you know, there's a lot of good cinema and TV series coming out of Asia. I mean, it's just, oh yeah, people just haven't realized it because they haven't been had access to it yet. So, well,
1: I mean, recently also uh, out of Korea, wasn't it that Squid Games was like oh, yeah. one of the biggest things in the U.S. So. In the 80s, if you had something on TV that wasn't in English, that wasn't happening much. But now no. that we have streaming and people now that we have streaming and the internet, <laughs> choice, you know, people find something good that may not have been originally done in an English thing in the US here. It became a popular thing. We had access to it, we could watch it however you wanted, either dubbed or subtitled. And it became that Squid Games got really big in the US. Well it cracks me up because Squid Games got big in the
0: US, but then they don't realize that it is a critique of the US and US capitalism. I <laughs> was like, I like don't they be, don't people realize that this is a critique of our society, of <laughs> our consumerism, materialism, the disparity in the classes between the rich and the poor, and you know, it's a total critique of capitalism.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I'm 100 percent honest, that's what made me like it. I was like, oh, yeah. I like I like what I'm seeing. Here. This is good. This is pretty. I get it. I'm with yeah, you. It's totally
0: dark in regards to, oh, you know, you got these bored rich people paying to watch poor people compete and kill each other in contests. It's, it's
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had fun. I liked it. It was a neat show. I did not. I'm not going to spoil for anybody, but the ending I did not see coming. It tripped me up. I made a huge post saying something that was almost ironic by the time I got to the end of it, <laughs> eating my, eating my words on the Facebook and people responding, "Did you finish the show? I'm like, not yet. Like, tell me what you think when it's over. I didn't realize how much I put my foot in the mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good series that way. So, you know, for me, it's exploring other areas and cultures of fantasy, you know? So for me, I'd be curious to see what type of, Interesting stuff we might be coming out of like um, you know Mexico and Latin America for stories and such.
1: Perhaps not into the full on fantasy like going back to the past. But what's this? What's it called? Diab- Diablo? Diablo? I can't. Oh, what is the name of the show? There's a show. The main character's name is like Elvis, and they are demon hunters. <laughs>
0: Was that with the one on HBO? That
1: was a cthulhu esque No, it's on um Netflix. It's on its second season. What they do is they hunt demons and they capture them in little bottles. Oh it shit. would make a great little role-playing game. But there's a priest, and then there's an exorcist, and there's like a family of exorcists. These two, this brother and sister had come from. And yeah, it's it's a good little, it's a good little show. They're they're uh they are demon hunters. I'm gonna have to go check that out. I'm
0: assuming that I have it in my, uh, queue, but let me
1: Diablero? do you It's called
0: D a Yes, Yes. It has father Ramiro Ventura.
1: It is it, Diablero. I really like, I love the that the character Elvis. He is great. He's like, <laughs> you gotta watch it. He's a, he's the, uh, the cool straight guy who's going to kick the butt and do all right. the fancy moves and all that. I'm like, yeah, this guy is got's <laughs> fun it's nice
0: yeah because for me i'm interested in learning more about the different horror demons and ghosts from other cultures you know like there's some pretty terrifying legends coming out of thailand um i would also love to learn more about what's horrifying and scary within the russian culture from you know demons and ghosts and such standpoint as well too oh yeah so um you know for me i think there's a lot of interesting material out there beyond the traditional
1: (laughs) well there's also some like setting books I know that Troll Lord came out with a few of them. They have like a Slavic. Yep. Book, yeah, yep. And it's like like different Slavic folk tales and, and things like that in there, how they approach certain classic monster tropes and stuff in these different books, how they take different looks at them. I like stuff like that that kind of takes it in a different direction and ha- helps you give a, a few ideas to spice things up. When I'm playing D&D, sometimes we are kind of redundant with a few things here and there. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, that's why, you know, we're trying to read more, watch more, learn more. That way we can bring more diversity into the uh, gaming. And with the diversity, like you said, you bring a lot of new material that makes it interesting for the uh, players as well, too. Because otherwise, a lot of the times they're like, oh, I ran into a skeleton. Okay, I know a skeleton can't be hurt or You know, can't be hurt by edge weapons as easily as a blunt weapon. Or I need a magical item, or I need to be able to turn it. But running into a new creature, undead, or what may have you, makes it uh, a challenge to solve because it's not your standard. Oh, it's a zombie. It's a white. It's a, you know, skeleton or something like that.
1: I mean, a lot of times it is. These standard things in some way, because there's like archetypes. So like a zombie... But a zombie is not what we're trained and used to seeing as a zombie here. It's a totally different take on this thing where you look at, there's a lot of new elements and cool things, but there's some familiarity where if you want to make it happen in your game, if you're reading it in another, let's say you, you pick up some books on myths and you're reading about certain myths from other cultures. Sometimes it's easy to find if you're wanting to just run that in game, the basic stats for a different similar thing and run with it and add those unique elements that make it, you know, really interesting and deviates from what is over here and what we've come used to, you know?
0: Sure. I mean, zombies exist in all cultures, right. Or the uh, undead of coming back from the dead. They do exist. It's It's a vampire. It's a vampire. <laughs> it's
1: like it, vampires and zombies are about two degrees off.
0: Yep. Like, they,
1: they're very similar in a lot of They're very similar
0: and they exist in a lot of different cultures. So, you know, in Chinese lore, you have the uh, Jiangxi hopping zombie. It's because the corpses, they had their like feet or legs tied together uh, before they're buried. So when they come back to life, they can't walk, they hop. So with something like that, it's a zombie, but it's a little bit different and creepy.
1: <laughs> One thing I've always liked to do, I'm a reader, so I spend a lot of time at bookstores, and I like to go to the used bookstores and, and see what they have. Sometimes I'll go into the mythology a lot of times when I go in there and start looking at different myths from around the world. And you can buy reasonably priced books just volumes full of various mythology from various parts of the world. Those books are great to mine for ideas. I, one place I get a lot of those is at the local half price books that are around here but we're lucky we've got like five half price books in driving distance from where we live. I know a yeah. lot of people aren't that close to them. They aren't as <laughs> yeah, like, such great access to them, but yeah. Unfortunately a lot we've got a really neat little used bookstore up here that just opened up by the house and I went up there recently and only a dollar this? for a It's the one in Fairfield that just oh, opened. J- G- gypsy books yeah yeah uh and they just opened and there's a dollar for a paperback two dollars for a hardback i picked up a few books in there i wouldn't say i found any of those like what i'm saying mythology but the one that i did find for a game was a book on on ships and sailing okay and it seems to incorporate a lot of older stuff about ships and sailing and i know i was picking up books about that before when i started looking at doing ships and sailing in a game at one point in time so adding to my ships and sailing collection in my library for two bucks (laughs) but that's helpful stuff sometimes i come up with great ideas reading through those like okay i know that we were in teller brindle you remember that town where they built ships and we were along the coast and we were playing forbidden lands and a lot of those books i picked up were books on sea things and it gave me some ideas here and there just I didn't even have, honestly, I have the time. I don't even read the whole book. I read chapters here and there that interest me, pull out information. Oh, wow. Here's some cool stuff. And then follow some rabbit holes through a book. And then I put it aside and I take what I want for game. I do that all the time. (laughs) So again, though, it's bringing
0: in different elements of diversity in the game that you're able to do research on. Yeah. So I think it's uh, important for us to be able to broaden our horizons and, you know, bringing those type of learnings and experiences from people you know oh yeah um for example you've served in the military obviously you have that experience that you can bring in as well too oh i'm not
1: uh, i'm not i'm not running the military <laughs> game though i'm not doing twilight 2000 i can't i can't i need a little something a little more removed from reality yeah i <laughs> no, understand uh I, i'm gonna pick up twilight 2000 but like i said before i am not gonna run that puppy might play it if someone's got a good idea. I'll try it out, but that's a little bit too close to reality for me. <laughs> oh, it is. It, it is. But,
0: you know, side topic, what's interesting is, you know, both you and I are on a lot of the local groups for gaming and all I ever see is people posting looking for a DD and d game, looking for a D&D game. And um, I'm like, okay, so they're looking, I'm assuming they're looking for a 5E game, but I've seen so a many lot posts.
1: Those, yeah, a lot of them specify that they are looking for just 5th edition for some reason. Yeah, so
0: I'm just surprised like there's so many people looking for 5e stuff and I was like there's so many other genres to play
1: <laughs> I think that there's a there, there's a and there's an entrance point for everybody into role playing with me it was Doctor Who and getting out Doctor Who role playing game and discovering that role playing existed I discovered role playing outside of d d when it wasn't as popular I was I was not very cool. <laughs> I was I was not a very cool kid. I mean, I thought I was cool. <laughs> and coming into it, it was definitely in the 80s seen as a huge nerd thing. One of the popular jumping on points that I remember, especially in the 90s being a big thing was the Dragonlance novels were yep. very popular. I remember people I met said, I love D&D. I want to play d and I've been reading the Dragonlance novels. I've got the D&D books. And then they met me and my motley crew of, you know, we were called nerds. We'd sit in and places and they'd like excited. I'm going to come play with you. I've been reading the book. I can't remember how many people I met that back then that were like, yeah, I really want to get into it. And they'd see me at the table at school reading a role-playing right. book. Like, what is that? I'm like, ha ah, you're not cool. Come over here and sit with me.
0: <laughs> yep, it is the, the uh, entry game, let's say, for a lot of people, for sure.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it is an entry game now. But on the reverse side, it's pretty cool and happening now. There's getting a lot more attention, a lot more people are are sort of, What's the word I'm looking for? It's getting a lot more love. There's a lot more things available for game because there's so much more money and interest being poured into it, and more people, more creatives are able to put stuff out there. That it's it's probably a better time to be a gamer than it ever has been.
0: Well, for sure, for RPG or tabletop board games or any of those type of games, you know. And it's interesting because there's a lot of video games out there that you can't play, like Baldur's Gate D and D, but yet people are still playing role-playing games, not not, not just computer games.
1: Yeah, I've, I've never gotten into video games growing up. It just wasn't... I mean, for starters, we were poor and we couldn't afford a video game machine. Well, yeah, I could, I, could
0: <laughs> I, I didn't have a video game machine until our- I... Bought myself like a PS1 as an adult.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we didn't have one growing up, so I never really got that into them. Eventually, after the Super Nintendo had come out, the regular Nintendos were really cheap, and we did get a regular Nintendo in the house. I feel that was my younger siblings' sort of realm at that time. They were getting... Because they were substantial. There's there's four of us and there's a five-year difference between each one of us. So... There's quite a difference. And and when I was getting to an age where I was kind of already into my stuff, not getting into video games, they were starting to get into that stuff. So yeah, I mean, missed for me,
0: me <laughs> you know, it was Atari 2600. It's probably the first game console that came on the television and Coleco when I was growing up, but I couldn't I afford re- any of those.
1: <laughs> I did have Pong. It was pretty early on. I, my father bought Pong. I was, I Remember playing it. It was like little paddles they hooked up to the TV, yep. and it was a big deal at that time. That was probably the last time we got a cool I don't know how cool knew it was at the time or what, because my father bought it. It may have been someone else's old Pong when they got an Atari. Right. <laughs> That's probably what I got. I probably got Pete the Barber's old Pong because he upgraded to Atari. <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, early on,
0: and we might have won an episode to this is like fantasy video games versus fantasy tabletop role-playing games.
1: I'm going to have to have someone come in on that because I cannot tell you a thing about a fantasy video game.
0: Yeah, we we, we, (laughs) we can reach out to our network and see. But, again, I think the main point Mm -hmm. is it's like the tabletop role-playing game is growing. Uh, I I don't know if it's because of COVID. People are needing more human connection. That's why they're not playing the video games.
1: Well, it's been growing even since before COVID. Like the last five so many years like like people talk about stranger things people talk about what's it called critical role people talk about a lot of different things i think all of those things contribute somewhat i think just access to more information making things more easily available in general through the internet has changed a lot of things whereas before you'd have to really seek out nerdier things they weren't readily available you have to find a games or a comic store that would sell them and it was hard to find so they weren't as quick as a google search i think those things are big things that have changed that i think that part internet's probably one of the biggest changes for it to be honest. yeah you're right you're like, right i mean you know even now today we can play on like a discord roll
0: 20 or fantasy grounds even so. oh yeah
1: look back like like i told you my friend was really into dragon lance and he he started playing with us out uh, kind of grew out of that. Uh, because he was reading the books and we need medicine high yep. school. He jumped in. Go to nowadays. If he were out there on the internet getting into this stuff, he could reach out to others and start playing quick and not be like, How do I get into it? And when you have popular media popping off where we can create it like critical role, it's out there, people are getting into it. So I think the internet has more to do with it. Even before COVID, just people being able to access this stuff, find it. They can order it on Amazon. Yep,
0: yeah, true. Or you can find it at Target. <laughs> you know, it's pretty
1: amazing. Yeah, and nobody, when people are first looking to get into it, they're searching Dungeons & Dragons because that's the generic term, like Q-tip.
0: <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. That's true. They probably are searching D&D Dungeons & Dragons, even though there's a huge vast <laughs>
1: yeah so there's a lot of role-playing games dungeons and dragons is one within the hobby we're not going to deny is kind of the monolith especially now so it makes sense that most newer gamers are going to gravitate towards oh i want to play D fifth edition because that's currently what's out there and accessible finding fourth edition books or third edition books let's say third and second edition books they're expensive collector's items on ebay now yeah why true. bother going that route when you can pick up a brand new book for 30 bucks it's marked at 50 but Amazon's probably selling it for 30 yeah yeah start playing the game so that's why i think that 5e is more dominant in those groups <laughs> is that a yeah. ramble
0: <laughs> no no i mean it's something that you and i have been noodling over so you know there's a period of time when you know we we're trying to find new players for some of our games and we had gone on the forums and um You know, a lot of them were 5e players, but then there's so many of them just flaked out. I mean, we've had so many people just flake out and not show, you know, said they were interested and then just not joined.
1: Yeah, well, there's also, one of the things I tend to do when I invite to game, when I'm starting a game, is I over invite and I invite more people than I can handle playing. Because it's not going to stay that way. Oh, sure. (laughs) It doesn't. When you start a new group up, and, and I'm I also tend to look for people who don't, who aren't regularly playing and some of them like okay they get into the habit of they get into it and that's cool um but when you're looking at people who don't play regularly and that's not like i've been doing this for decades and i have a routine of this is a game group and i play regularly with a game group that's a big change i think for some people so who wants to get involved with the game group that's one of the reasons why we started with every other week instead of every week so it's not as much of a commitment it's like yeah every other wednesday or every other friday i can do that and i can still fulfill obligations to family and stuff like that and work yeah no
0: it's uh a a little bit different you know i'm you know with my style like usually if i commit to something i'm probably gonna stay with it
1: (laughs) yeah i try uh like i i I stay pretty regular with games there are weeks where it's hard because family things come up it's just this reality when you're a you're a grown grown you're an adult adult. (laughs) yeah you're if you're an adult Dungeons and Dragons cannot be more important than your children to you. <laughs> or, your, or like, You got to go to work. You right. got to pay the mortgage. I would love to be in, like, oh, at the end of the day, like your kids kind of have to be like, okay, we're dropping game tonight. Sorry, y'all. Child takes precedence. Yeah. <laughs> just, that's the world I live in.
0: No, certainly that's the uh, thing you got to prioritize is, is, is your family first.
1: Yeah. So. And- and going back to what we said before, like as we're coming up on holiday times right now, because we're in the midst of them, games are getting canceled. It almost happens every year we run into. It. We run holiday games. But we also like okay, probably not gonna play this night.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like th- this week we're canceling the game because there's a holiday this week, and there's family stuff, and then we'll probably cancel during the week of uh, Christmas as well too. Because yeah, there'll be certain holiday stuff that people are doing, even though I don't celebrate either holiday officially or formally so
1: yeah and i just like the night we play wasn't even the holiday but i just found out because of holidays people are in town and now you're that night that game normally happens on grandma's in town with her new boyfriend so we're supposed to go meet grandma's boyfriend and stuff like that i've never met him i think he's i think he might not be that new it may have been quite a few years now (laughs) but i just never met the fella
0: (laughs) Oh, new, new to <laughs> new you to new to you Yeah, not
1: the last guy um so <laughs> and, and and just to be clear he, he passed he passed away he was a step grandpa he's passed away that's why he's out of the picture so and that was that's been quite a few more years than i think i thought it was but anyways it's a ramble but yeah like that's kind of a family obligation now i'm not like hitting people up like hey guys i think i might not be able to make it because it's already open i'm like oh great i'm open I'm going to go to that family function and that's just, you know, I think we had a whole discussion about this making room for game and real life and all that at one point in time on the podcast. So it is what it is. Uh, real life gets in the way.
0: Real life gets in the way, but you know, we try to enjoy and play as much as we can.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did, I've done, especially when I ran um, more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? homebrew stuff i would do most of my preparation at work when i didn't have pencil paper or books with me As i'd be doing whatever task it is that i constantly have to do at work and i'd be in my head thinking and going over it and plotting and planning <laughs> it. so you have to work around the reality of, of what work in real life to sit in there so well thankfully it's the holidays hopefully we can have some good fantasy to watch on tv this yep year this holiday era when we get if you get day off here or there so i'm hoping for days off game and everything else find something cool to watch i think i might try to catch up on kingdom and watch that kingdom movie
0: yeah it's on my list to watch there's so many things that came out like this past week that i gotta you know reprioritize
1: yeah they're they're hitting everything pretty pretty hard right now with all the well, the holidays coming up. They want to push stuff out. It's it's time to it's time to get that holiday entertainment money and value. It's time yeah, to consume like some entertainment. Exactly. <laughs> I want to do a I have an idea for a topic one day about about consumption and role playing. And we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll
0: add it to the list of topics for the future. No doubt.
1: We're coming up on time. We want to we want to bring this to a close. Yep. All right. If you've enjoyed this podcast, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. If you haven't enjoyed us, just wait till you find one you like, please. And don't give us a negative review. <laughs> now watch us get review bombed.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on the Twitter at Logar Crom. And keep those dice rolling. May you have fun over the holidays.